1: B. Mitchell Finley, 106.7, the fam. My voice is slowly coming back. That's what Biagi told me this morning. I feel like I'm getting there. What do you think, B?
2: Uh, not
1: really. I think I am.
2: I think uh, you're you're still a little bit off of it, because normally you have that little raspy anyway. Yeah. You know, but you, you kind of strain it a little
1: bit. A couple more days, good sleep, low-key. Let's see what Barry's Verluga has to say. Barry's Verluga, sports columnist for The Washington Post. I'd argue nobody in our city is more tied into the Washington Nationals, and that's not to take away from all the other great work you do covering Commanders and Caps and Whiz and colleges and everything else. But Barry knows the Nats inside and out. Barry, thank you for joining us, dude. Appreciate it, Barry. Let, let's start here. What is the legacy of Ted Lerner?
3: Did you smoke a pack of cigarettes before you came on? <laughs> not,
1: not today. Not today.
3: Okay. All right. So. um, it's a I like to question. eat gravel. <laughs> it is a good question. It is a fair question. I think it is a complicated question. And I also think that it's a little strange because for a guy who lived 97 extremely full years, um, I think it's a legacy that's still fluid because um, I was looking back at some notes for that uh, from a, you know interviews i'd done for a ted learner profile in 2019 as they were going into the world series um, ted was famously private he wouldn't sit down and talk to me not in a rude way but just in a i don't want the spotlight on me kind of way um, so i, I went like to everybody that. else yeah sort of uh, other mlb owners and his family members and and all that kind of stuff people who had worked for him and and one thing that comes through as i reread those notes is this is a guy who bought and built to hold on to things. And so when you cast that against the fact that as he dies, um, his family, and he was behind this decision and and supportive of this decision, was, you know, actively pursuing a sale of the Nationals. And and one thing I thought about Ted Lerner and the Lerner's stewardship of the baseball team is, um, while they've done a million good things, uh, and obviously built a winner that not only resulted in a, a world series championship, but for a decade had teams that headed to spring training with the, the you know, the intent on winning one. Right. Um, won four division titles, all that kind of stuff. Um, I always wondered whether they fully understood the kind of civic institution that a professional sports team is mm-hmm. supposed to be that, that a baseball team in your hometown is not a mall in your hometown, and people care um, who plays first base much more than they care whether Lord and Taylor or Nordstroms are in your, you know, kind of corner of, of your mall. And I, I always felt like they never got fully invested in that element of it, even though they they've done a ton of great stuff um, so, philanthropically uh, through the Nats in in the area. Um, I just felt that that didn't quite click. And that's as he as he dies, I'm kind of left there wondering, you know, if they go through with the sale, that the ownership feels much more transactional than it does, you know, an investment in the community, which is not to say that they didn't do a great, you know, the offices that you guys are sitting in right now, they didn't exist before the learners bought the nationals yeah. and, and that, that area exploded. So this might um, be a
1: learner building. I know the one
3: on M Street is. Yeah, yeah it says there's Lerner fewer, at the top. It's it. possible. <laughs> there's fewer Learner buildings down there than you would think, but but it's not none. And you know it's, somebody's got to lead the way, and the ball team definitely definitely led the way. I, the, the site for the stadium was determined before the Learners bought it, but a lot of good came out of that. I'm just I just think it's odd. My feeling, and I didn't know that I would feel this way last week before he passed, but it's it's just odd to have somebody who lived almost a century and accomplished as much as Ted Lerner did, and I can't say. Okay, bullet point. Here's his legacy. Full stop. Right now,
2: I think like when you said it earlier about he he would build stuff to hold on to, and like I heard someone said yesterday that uh, they say most owners buy baseball teams uh, or buy professional teams to be known, but that's not his way. So was it an investment they made, and then when they got into it, it was like a little odd and awkward for them because it's not what he really like. like he didn't like the spotlight whether you like the spotlight or not, if your team's not winning, people start talking about the owner.
3: Yeah. And I think that's a really good point, Brian, that, that um, he didn't like the spotlight. So it is kind of an, uh, it's not, you know, it wasn't an ego thing for him, which it was for a lot. And that's, it is for a lot of owners. And I think that's what leaves me a little bit conflicted. Like if it wasn't an ego thing um, and you don't need to make your money from, the, the sports team now that doesn't you know I'm not arguing you should lose money and be fine with it that that's not for any of us to say even if the people are worth billions billions of dollars but it felt like when he, because he was private and because he didn't want the spotlight that this was an investment in his hometown an investment for his family an investment for those future um, generations Mm -hmm. to have fun with, to be in the community, to provide entertainment um, for, for our city. And if you sell it, you know, 17 years later, that's 17 years is a long time in anybody's life, but it's in in ownership of a sports franchise. It's really not that long. Um, It just, it just feels like it's counter to the way he did everything else. Um, And I think if, if the learners were, had not said they were exploring a sale, and they were just you know, diving into another you know, necessary rebuild and, and could say, we've done this before, we're gonna do it again, then I would feel much differently. And I think I would say, this is Ted Lerner's legacy, um, you know, colon, and have an explanation. And I'm just, I'm just not there because the, the situation is so uncertain.
1: So, talking with our friend Barry Verluga from the Washington Post, you can give him a follow at Barry Svrluga. I think he's got a chat coming up a little later today at WashingtonPost.com. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't know the situation at all. I, I know that Lerner, Ted Lerner passed. He's 97 years old. <clears throat> How big of a part of this decision to potentially sell the team? And now it looks like it might not happen, but – was that his call? Was that those younger than him? I, I I have seen and talked to people in pro sports ownership, not necessarily baseball, but just all of it. Um, whereas, you know, you go from a, a patriarch of a family further down the family line and you've got, you know, I have no idea what the learners have. So I'm just speaking hypothetically here. Six, eight grandkids and they're all married and then they have families. Like you you see these things. Like I've talked to friends of mine in private equity that when they try to target properties to purchase is when it gets to the grandchild level, because a lot of them just want the cash. They're like, nah, we'll take our payout now. Um, How big of a part in the decision to sell was Ted? And and where does the sale go from here?
3: So you're reading it hypothetically correctly. Um, I mean, that's a a good observation about how difficult it gets when it's not the, the Single patriarch or matriarch that's that's overseeing things, um, and I people at baseball long before Ted Lerner was was ill. Even when um, Ted, you know, formally transferred kind of voting power uh, um, with the league to his son Mark, which was in 2018, that it just gets more complicated when there's not a single voice. The Lerners have always done things by consensus. Um, Ted Lerner had three children, Mark. Deborah Cohen and Marla Tannenbaum, um, the two uh, daughters' husbands, um, Ted's sons-in-law are involved in the ownership group. And that conglomerate would get together and hash things out. And they very, very much wanted to come to a unified decision on everything, convince each other and have a a unified voice, voice going forward on, on whatever it is. And, when Ted was alive, even after he passed control to Mark, he, he was that guiding voice. I, I called him in my column. He, he was their North Star. I mean, and they, they even if he was formally removed from that decision-making role, his voice carried the, the most weight. So I think it's very legitimate um, to wonder what will happen now because he was, and according to people that I've talked to throughout this process, Ted was an advocate. For selling the team, and when Ted was an advocate for something, it made it much easier for everybody else to fall in line behind that. Mark Lerner has always been the most outgoing fan of the team, the the, the face of ownership in a way. He sits in the stands most frequently. He used to shag fly, get in fly balls, uniform right? Yeah, shag fly balls, mm-hmm. and and I mean, he was just like over the top into it. Um, I've talked to people in the last week as, as Ted's health was declining, um, you know wondering what, what would Mark, if he's now handed the torch, would, would he say, you know what, I love owning this team. Um, I want to reinvest, you know, energy and resources into, into rebuilding it, and I want to be able to hand it to the next generation. Some people think, yeah, absolutely that's on the table. Other people think, that would be going directly against the wishes of his late father. And Mark wouldn't be able to stomach that, which, which is understandable too. So I I just think all of it's so fresh that it's impossible to say, I don't, I I think I don't, I don't think the learners know what they think about that yet. Um, And then, you know, we're still in the next month, hopefully getting to a point where massing gets a little bit less tangled or, or a little bit more untangled um, and we might get a little bit more clarity about what's even possible with the sale after that.
1: Without being a jerk, how do you untangle? I, I, I don't so, want to be morbid here, but like as long as Angelos is around, I don't see that thing getting untangled.
3: So here's here's the thing. There's a, a I mean, and I don't want to get super in the weeds on this, but um, but on March 14th, there's a a, a a case on the docket in a court in New York in which an, an Orioles appeal <laughs> will be heard that. If the ruling is upheld, the nationals will know what the Orioles owe them for the seasons 2012 to 2016. The Mm -hmm. the theory is that if they know what that revenue is, they can project, okay, we're not going to go through court on the next five-year chunk, which is 2017 to 21, and, and a Ted Leonsis can look at it and go, okay, now I know what my revenues are. I have certainty. I know what I'm buying. I can predict the future a little bit better. So it's not untangled from, you know, uh, a Leonsis group is is going to own their rights, but they at least would have some revenue certainty, which is a huge thing in baseball. Because it, you know, JP, the the Commanders don't have to worry about local media rights because right. the national media rights in the NFL is it, that's what it's all about. It's different in baseball. You've got to be getting that cash from from whoever's broadcasting your games locally.
1: Got it. Um, I want everybody to check it out. Uh, Barry has an article up from the Washington Post ranking the buzziest spring trainings. For the Nats in 18 seasons, I imagine this is uh, this is non-alcoholic beer buzz,
3: <laughs> dude. It's yeah, it's like water from the tap. Yeah, um, yeah. And it, this is Dan Steinberg, our friend, um, who's now my editor and should be writing, uh, but isn't. Definitely um, should be writing. He he came. He said, "Why don't you?" He said last week, you know, this is probably the worst the least buzz this is, we probably ranked, you know, their successful seasons and what was best, what was most exciting, but it is an interesting exercise, um, to go through. Um, you know, the, this is the 19th spring training now, uh, dating back to 2005. So I, I happen to be the beat writer in, in 05 and I'm, you know, biased, but the numbers would play it out. They still haven't outdrawn the 2.7 million that came to RFK that that summer. If you, you take 33 summers without baseball and suddenly bring it back. Like it almost didn't matter what the product on the field was. That was going to be um, a really highly anticipated thing. And then there's, you know, like I said, there's a decade there where, um, you know, you go from 2013 where Davey Johnson is saying world series or bust and and you go to 2015 when Bryce Harper's asked um, what his reaction to the signing of Max Scherzer was. And he said, you know, where's my ring? Like there, there were a lot of years there where there were so many characters and so much anticipation and so many expectations that it was really exciting. And now you've got to transport yourself back to, you know, if you were one of those ardent fans who were there in 09 and 10 and, and we're saying, okay, like, can I, Oh, Ian Desmond, he looks like he might be a fun guy to, to root for over the years, or I'm latching into Jordan Zimmerman. You know, that's, that's where we're at now. Um, contention feels, so so far away and you've got to be a pretty good baseball fan to to understand there's going to be a lot of losing this summer um i'm interested in the development of Mackenzie gore and kate cavalli and cj abrams and, and all these young guys
1: let's hope they develop uh barry yeah, thank yeah. you for the time we, we, didn't, we didn't get to talk to commanders but maybe we'll pick your brain next week or, or sometime soon
3: thanks dude yeah if they have an oc give me a call <laughs> <We'll do. laughs> all right we'll
1: you. do Um, And so while Nat's spring training may lack any buzz, if you're trying to buy or sell a house right now, there's only one buzz you need. John Leahy will get the job done.
2: I've talked to you so many times about, John, how he could get you more money and you have a lot of buyers in waiting. I'm going to tell you another thing. I went on the John's uh, website myself, and I wanted to see what the value of my house was. And as I've heard somebody else say, I, I never wanted to sell it, but I'm thinking about wanting to sell it now because, you know what, you don't know how much the value of your home is until you're going in and you put your address in, you want to tell me you want a cash offer, Do you want to try and sell your house, or anything of that nature. It's wild. I, man. I just clicked on all the stuff, and I went through it. I'm like, well, damn, I can sell this house, and I can be off and running and go do something else. I'm talking about John Leahy and the Fine Living Group of EXP Realty. Go to johnsellsdmv.com, and you hit the home valuation tool. You can find out what your home value is in seconds. And I'm going to tell you, you may not be wanting to sell, but once you see that value, you may just jump and change your mind. John's offer you flexible fees, customized to your needs, and he knows that life happens, so if needed, he will let you out of your contract at any time.
1: I mean, it, it is wildly easy to go to this home value tool and find out. B, if you sold your home in, in northern Virginia and moved back to Louisiana, how much money would you just be able to put in your pocket? I would be very, very nice, but I don't know if I want to go back to Louisiana. I'm, I'm just saying, I love man. going
2: to visit, but it's a little slow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> check The website is super easy to do this, and it's a wild tool. And I, I think, seriously, if you're curious, just something to have fun with, go check it out. Um, I also want to tell you, John has a guaranteed sale program and it could be a home run for you he guarantees the sale of your home or he'll buy it himself check out this home valuation tool man it is really crazy and gets you wondering about a lot of things maybe if i convince my wife we just moved to north carolina i do the show remotely for the rest of my life check, call john today 301-900-3052 go online to johnsellsdmb.com or what's even easier just google john Leahy group and start packing